The following is presented by the Cheeky Bastards. Come to the coast, we'll get together, have a few laughs. yippee ki motherfuckers, and welcome to the sixth edition of Dropping a Bruce, the monthly podcast where we watch every single one of Bruce Willis's 40 direct-to-video releases from his acting career to see if he took the role for a paycheck and dropped a deuce, or if, in fact, he took the role and gave it his all and dropped a bruise. I am the Notorious Scott K. And this is Steve, the president of the Thomas Jane Appreciation Society. And together, we will be your captains on this 40-month journey through the lesser-known films of Mr. Willis's filmography. This month's stop is the 2015 sci-fi thriller, Vice. Whoo, baby, Vice. Yes, sirree, Bob, we are at the six-month mark. We've done it. Those out there who said we wouldn't have enough material to do a hour-long podcast on films that Mr. Wills decided to do instead of sending movies to the theater like he used to, we have made it now six months in. We have 34 more movies to go. And I think a theme that everyone who's still on, especially those of you who find us on the last of the Action Heroes Podcast Network, which we are extremely Thankful and happy that you found us there and continue to listen to us talk shit to each other and about these films. <laughs> I think we're on a down, downhill trajectory. I, I don't know if we're going to ever swing up. I don't know if we ever move up into the air atmosphere of uh, good material. I mean, this is good material for the show, but as yeah. far as good quality filming, uh, I feel like, you know, you and I, we, we, had our, we had our little differences on Catch yeah, yeah. 44. Absolutely. But I think since then, you have to start to see that where I was going with Catch 44 is since then, it, it has not been pretty. It, it is slowly. Each movie seems to get incrementally worse. And I didn't think that was going to be a possibility. Yeah, I mean, they're wildly uneven in a lot of ways. Bruce himself, you just, I'm starting to see just on the amount of, screen time and effort where we're headed with this but i'm optimistic i think there's going to be well i do know there's one coming i don't know when i know of a movie coming up down the pipe that eventually is on our journey that has i've heard received some positive feedback as it was actually a decent one of these films that was much like our very first one which i think is going to be the the bar to which we all will be yeah. measured and will no one will ever reach it. I don't know that anyone reaches assassination of a high school president, not the principal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. yeah I keep counting. Again, by season, well, it's once full season. We're doing 40 episodes. I mean, we're going one, in, in this we're first going year, in. it will happen on our 10th episode of this. So we have four to go. Once Upon a Time in Venice is the film that I have heard decent things about that. He did a decent job. That it's actually a, a, an enjoyable film, and I think he is actually the star of the film. Okay, okay. so that well, that might yeah. that might help. But we we, we will see. We'll see know. in a couple months when we get there. Because right I'm now, always look out in the grand scheme. We know we know the situation at this stage. The whole film doesn't have to be good. That's not what <laughs> I'm looking for. You know. True. We're just trying to see how he I, is. Yeah, it. I mean, I think ultimately, yeah. If you're looking for a, a great movie, you're always going to be disappointed. It with this current with this particular situation, you know. Yes, at least yeah, at least the last few for sure, for sure. There are, you know, what in every film, even the ones that suck, well, and that's all of them practically. <laughs> from the first. But there's there's things I like about all of them. Yes. Yeah. Little, oh yeah. Little yeah. moments or 
little character ticks or little bits of this and yeah. that. There are moments that I like that I don't think the creators were hoping we were going to like that no, part. Like, there's no, things like, I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous, but I enjoy it because it's ridiculous. Exactly. And I don't think the creator and was and like, this oh. Is no, actually, and I will say this, this one's no exception, you know. <laughs> no. It's the no, it human turd, maybe. Maybe, uh, maybe not. Yeah. But there's things... Oh, we'll get we'll get We're, to that. You know what? Why don't we start kicking it there now? You know what? Let's just drop. Let's just dive straight in. Before we create a robotic sex doll of our dead wife, it's time for <laughs> oh. our. What you talking about, Willis? Just the facts, man. Just the facts. This film was released in 2015, written by Andre Fabrizio and Jeremy Passmore, and directed by Brian Miller. Starring Thomas Jane, Bruce Willis, Amber Childers, Jonathan Skeech, Brian Greenberg, Charlotte Kirk, and Tyler Orson. With a running time of 96 minutes, it holds a 4.2 on IMDb with a 4 critics and 15 audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. A self-aware artificial human becomes caught in the crossfire between a cop and the creator of an exclusive resort where paying customers play out their wildest fantasies. Lionsgate and Grindstone Entertainment Group presents Vice. Something is beyond your reach. Now imagine a place where there are no laws, no rules, no consequences. Welcome to Vice. The utopian paradise where you can have or do anything you want. That resort keeps this city going. You had to go in there and cause a big scene. You killed a girl in my world. Now you get to play with me. You would think that if people could commit any crime they could think of, they could get it out of their system. These people get a taste, and they just can't get enough. There's not real people in there. They look and act like humans, which gives our clients the most realistic experience possible. It's just pure entertainment. Pulse every night erases the last 24 hours from their memory. Sir, she's experiencing flashbacks. Pick her up. We'll have everything back in working order. Out. An artificial is out there on the streets. Understood. This facility is just the tip of the iceberg. But now if we're exposed, it needs to be shut down. It's the one man that wants a girl as badly as we do. You're only gonna get deeper into the rabbit hole. There are many ways to flush out a rabbit. Why does she look exactly like me? Because I designed you. I got you into this mess. I'll get you out. Maybe there's a way we can take down Vice once and for all. We could give you an upgrade. I'm bad. Or a robot. You think anything's gonna change? There's nothing you can do to stop it. What's the harm in having a little fun? Mr. Bruce Willis plays Julian Michaels, the shady owner of a Westworld-style resort called Vice that lets its rich guests act out their darkest fantasies on the resort's androids. 
Now the plot. I know I know the name of his character sounds like he might be some kind of shady porn industry producer or director. But Julian Michaels has designed the ultimate resort, Vice, where anything goes and the customers can play out their wildest fantasies with artificial inhabitants who look, think, and feel like humans. But when an artificial becomes self-aware and escapes, she finds herself caught in the crossfire between Julian's mercenaries and a cop who is hell-bent on shutting down Vice once and for all. Hell yeah. So right off the bat, those of you who have not been living under a rock in the last decade will say, doesn't this sound a little bit like a show that was on, I don't know, HBO for a couple of years? You mean Michael Creighton's Westworld? Why, yes. Yes, it does sound like that. In fact, the people at Warner Brothers actually sued the production company for stealing the plot of Westworld. So basically, they're blaming the writers at the time. Who? <laughs> I don't know if my friend Steve knows this, but Mr. Andre Fabrizio and Jeremy Passamore, who were on last month's fucking show, who gave us the amazing The Prince. They were the writing duo there. They're back. And once again, we get the same director. So, oh, it's a twofer. Who knew? Brian Miller is back again. Oh, yeah. Oh, and well, we get two more with him. Jeremy, we're not done with him. Yeah, Jeremy Passmore and Andre Fabrizio. Yeah, oh, they, we're uh, here. Yeah, they, both, they wrote The Prince. They wrote, yeah. They also wrote San Andreas, the rock movie. Yeah, which bombed too. So Yeah, and, the, the, and um, I think Jeremy Passmore wrote the remake of Red Dawn too with Chris Hemsworth. Well, there you go. So, you know. so but... Positive news, we don't have another film in this 40-month journey with those two cocksucking writers. <laughs> we do have two more with director Brian Miller coming down the road, so we'll see how it goes. We'll see if he picks up any more steam. Look, before we get into this, I do take slight issue with one thing. This is fucking Blade Runner. Yes and no. Yes and well, no. Well, you've got Bla a cop, yeah, yeah. You've got a so cop it's, yeah, they, up with a robot woman. Yeah. Yeah, and helping but, her escape. I mean, fuck me, that is Blade Runner. The, but it's also the whole thing is based on Westworld. Like this whole vice is Westworld. Look, all right, you've got yeah. the resort. Yeah, yeah. I'll give, and, no, and, I'm not, and in Westworld, one of the people yeah. becomes no, no, self-aware, no. and they bring the. Yeah. And it's a, I'm well, not saying I'm not saying that's not true. I'm saying this is fucking Blade Runner. Look, it's a shitty version of both those films. Well, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> Just, but Thomas yeah. Jane. Thomas yeah. Jane is decked. <laughs> And this, uh, he's something. This chick, fucking, what's her name? Oh, Amber oh well, Charles. hold on. I've she's got the, more. She's I've the got Sean more Young. Well, she's the Sean Young character. Yeah, I guess. This is fucking Blade Runner. All right. Yeah, so, maybe. I think on a surface level, you can say Westworld, but I think the deeper you dig, you're in Blade Runner territory. I guess. And it doesn't do either very no. well. <laughs> so, that's not even a major point. But it's a point. It's a fucking point. Well, speaking of our female lead. So apparently dozens of named actresses were actually up for the lead female role. However, its producer, the very charismatic and want-to-be Weinstein, and I don't mean that as a producer, Randall Emmett, who is going to be responsible for the majority of the films produced in this series that we're going to be doing moving forward. He does a lot of the Bruce Willis Straight to DVDs. He's also done a few other major names, but well, he produced The Irishman. He's one yeah, of the well, he helped, on The yeah. Irishman. Those of you who are, or your wives or whoever, are into the Vanderpump Rules show, he was on that for two seasons and got married to one of the ladies, and I guess a big scandal which erupted, showing what a piece of shit he is and wannabe Weinstein he truly might be. Mr. Randall Emmett cast his then wife Amber Childers 
in the lead role while also hiring. Now, again, this is from IMDb, so take this with a grain of salt. But apparently he also hired several of his mistresses who had their ring fingers tattooed with the initials R.E., basically branding themselves his bitches. This guy's a real piece of shit. He makes piece of shit movies. And if you deep dive into Mr. Randall Emmett, he's an up-and-coming Weinstein. And he'll probably be in jail or done sooner than later. But moving on from him. Now, as I said earlier, this film is clearly a ripoff in the beginning of Westworld and teetering on themes and subject matter of the amazing Blade Runner. However, it does neither good. <laughs> I will say, before we give our, eventually at the end of this episode, our what we think of the full film, I will say... I was not sure there was a film that could dip lower, in my opinion, than set up. However, however, I do believe we may have a very strong candidate. Another sunny side point, though, there was no 50 Cent in this film. We did not have 50 Cent rear his beautiful head again. However... He couldn't have hurt at this point. Oh, I was <laughs> this, going to decide. This, honestly, oh, I, I don't in. know that he could have dragged this down further. I would have sacrificed his role in all other movies that we've seen so far, apart from the setup, ironically. As if he would have just shown up in this yeah. for five minutes. But uh, no, the even 50 Cent can save us. Oh. Not this well, you time. Know what? Not I don't think time. there was any black actors in it, but thankful for that. Like, like Of all the times that black actors get left out of films... This is one of the films they're pretty happy they got yeah. left out of. Yeah, if I don't there's think any there protests yeah. out there. No, yeah, you're not like, protesting Black people are like, shut the fuck up, man. We got away scot-free <laughs> on this one. Yeah, we don't want we don't want to associate with this. So, yeah, Mr., yeah. what did you think? What was your initial response? Okay, right. I've seen it twice. You really liked I watched it. it twice. And I literally just finished it as well. So I watched it about three nights ago, four nights ago, and I just watched it again. And I will say this. Did it get better the second time? It did. It I did. enjoyed okay. it. No, I enjoyed it more the second time. It's still a shitty movie. Did you enjoy it because of the farcicalness of it and now you knew what you're getting into? So it was kind of like uh so one of the worst movies ever made came out in nineteen ninety four. It with Nicolas Cage. It's called Deadfall. His brother directed it. I've under seen that under movie. the Coppola name. I I've own seen the that movie. movie. Hey. Myself and my old show, we have said we think this is the best worst movie ever because it's awful. But Nicolas Cage is so fucking batshit crazy in his role in it that mm. the more you watch it, the more like like the the movie The Room. The more you watch it, I it's understand. enjoyable because of how ridiculous it is, and you and you now know what you're getting yourself into, the right? Like because you're not watching it from yeah, the the film yeah, yeah. the filmmaker was trying to make. You're watching it for the fucking shit show they came out with. I will say this: the problem with this movie, uh, right? Okay, look, let's just get this out of the way, yeah. This movie's shitty, right? <laughs> the problem what? with this, the problem with this movie, it's not bad enough. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. It's too mediocre. It's not bad enough. Yes. You know. Yes. If this was a, and you know, if this was like a, this isn't a Z grade movie. There's things I want to say, like because I thought this both times. At the beginning, there's like this futuristic sort of landscape, but and and this train <laughs> pulls in, and it's like. You know, really CGI. And I thought, oh wow, looks like um, they've spent some money on this movie. Little did I, un- that was actually the the <laughs> CGI animated production company's logo. <laughs> so, so that's like the that's like the best special effect in the movie is the production company's logo for a start. Yeah. Yeah, because um, Thomas Jane is driving a regular like Dodge yeah, yeah, Charger, like a... and the only thing that's souped up on it is maybe they put a couple of like uh, little lenses over the front. 
uh, the yeah, light, yeah. and then that's he's like, it. he's got like some kind of futuristic like his, computer like his screen, Max. but that's as far as it that's goes. Like, he's like Mad <laughs> yeah. Max. Um, this film is in inconsiderate ninety six minutes. Thankfully, well, no, it's inconsiderately long. I think if I told you some of these, some of these ninety six, you feel the ninety six. Yeah, like this, you this, feel yeah. the ninety six. This film has eighteen. Uh, once again, this film has eighteen producers, <laughs> <laughs> and none of them are fifty cent. But all the ingredients. This film has all the ingredients. What could have been an entertaining, you know, straight to video movie, but. It just, that's the problem. It just falls short. The only, right, the only film, the only thing that elevates this movie is Thomas J. You feel that way? Okay. He is firing. <laughs> no, listen, listen. He's not fucking, he's not fucking Lawrence Olivier, but what I'm saying no. is, he go. he's going for it. He's fully invested. He is fully invested. How about this? I would negate that for a second. I don't know he's fully invested, but what I think he's doing here is... He realizes what movie he's in, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm no. going to. Every scene, think, he does feel like a different version of his character. Doesn't I it? Like, I think we're ultimately saying the same thing. Same thing what like, I'm saying I think is he's just he having throws fun. Himself, he <laughs> throws himself into this movie. He is making a $150 million sci-fi epic to rival The Matrix. In his head. In his head, but also in his head. That's not what's happening time, in the real time, world. Every time he's in a new scene, he's a different character. I disagree. Of this guy. I disagree. But the match in the mouth, the whole the whole Cobretti thing from Cobra. Yeah, but he's got the match in his. <laughs> he's got the match in his mouth the whole way through. He's for yeah. some reason he's got. I don't know if you even <laughs> noticed this because I didn't notice it the first time. But for some inexplicable reason, he's painted his little. Finger nail, <laughs> metallic blue, and I'm like, what I'm saying it's is, never mentioned. Is, no, no, no. But he no, no. has created his own character, he has. and he is fully invested in this movie. But this movie, there's nothing to be invested in. Like I say, no. this just falls short in every conceivable way. Well, because what but happens is, is the creators, these two fuckwad, Fabrizio e. Fuckteeth and uh, Jeremy Fuckamore, oh. these two assholes oh. have stolen the basics of Westworld and yeah. of also Blade Runner. Like the theme, like they basically Westworld device place is basically Westworld. It's a place where people who are rich go and they start to and they can do whatever they want with these androids. Difference is, is if you watch Westworld, there's real like the characters are deep. That even the androids that you eventually come to learn about, like there's more to it than just like I'm gonna go in there and strangle a bitch and then fuck her. You're like there's <laughs> more to it than just like this half-assed, basically frat boy uh, version of this vice. It's basically every person in there is the most deplorable piece of shit ever. You know what I mean? Like they're just in there. No. I'm gonna choke a bitch. I feel like choking a bitch. I'm <laughs> yeah, gonna no, fuck a bitch. No, you know? absolutely. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So you don't care at all about that, not even for a second. The guy's wife, she can't act for shit. She's terrible. I actually had to look them both up. I actually thought I was going to find out the two female actresses were porn stars, were like softcore porn stars or porn stars who they put into this film because the guy was trying to sleep with them. Like, I really thought I was going to find out they were like, they used to be part of like some kind of entertainment group, some kind of porn yeah. star stable, well, and they made their way into this film. And they don't even get naked. <laughs> That's the best part. If they were porn stars, I would have known. Because, right? you know. I, you know what? Um, you're right. I should have hey, said Steve. Hey. Hey, hey I know you. <laughs> oh, in between <laughs> pop shots. You remember these broads? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um, 
But yeah, I will I will argue to the death for Thomas Jane in this movie. I think he's great. He is the sole reason that this movie is even worth watching. Like I said, the, the I think we were saying Kelly, similar the thing. Barmaid. Kelly the barmaid. This Give main... two fucks. Fuck she her. is like a plank of wood. She's awful. When she well, does no, her fine, when she does her upgrade turn, the upgrade turn, yeah. and she puts on darker eye makeup and slicks her hair back. Like now we're like, oh, oh now she's oh, yeah, serious. Now she means and business. Is, is this not like she did? Like I thought, okay, maybe she knows some kind of kung. Fu, like maybe we're gonna get some kind of kung fu or something. Like. Yeah. Even when she kicks yeah. somebody, you think maybe they're going to be on a wire and she's getting, she like, going to get kicked. At all, no. can't she she can't even fire a gun without her eyes flickering it's around terrible. like fucking crazy. But look, Thomas Jane is, he's not chewing the scenery. He's totally invested. He's created this character. Unfortunately for him, he's in a terrible little farty film and he doesn't, and no one's told him. So anyway, anyway. We're saying the same thing, but differently. Nicolas Cage, if you watch Deadfall, no one's telling Nicolas Cage no. Nicolas Cage is doing things in that movie because he can. Because yeah, his brothers are letting. Because well, well no. Yeah, but Nicolas, Nicolas Cage is a ham. I love Nicolas Cage, but he's a ham. Exactly. He hammed it up in this because it, he knows his shit. Thomas movie. Jane doesn't. He's helping his brother out. Thomas Jane doesn't is my point. I think Thomas Jane was in on it as well. I think Thomas Jane was like, you know what? In another movie, I'm not going to get the opportunity to stretch and create something I want to do. I'm going to test some things. Like I bet he's testing out other possible characters for real movies he's going to get paid for. Okay, answer at the me same this. Time. Is Thomas yeah. Jane great in this or not? Just fucking sigh. If you, gross and bull. He's, like, I, I, he's, he's fun to watch because of the insanity of what's going on. It's because not insane Bruce, what's going on, though. Bruce isn't terrible. And this is where I don't even know how I'm going to choose at the end yet. I don't have it written down for it yet. I thought you, maybe you, our conversation. The, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because he's better than he was in the last two films we saw him in. And I'm not he actually plays right a now. he plays a pretty decent straight guy. Like he's just he's just straight and yeah, you know, yeah. he doesn't like rise you, he doesn't oh, have I haven't to. made my mind up yet. So I'm just listening to you right now because I don't want to form an, an opinion yet. Because I don't know if I'm, I'm I don't know if my opinion is that he didn't. Because he's yeah, yeah. better than the last one, but is it? But is it the same? I don't know if I'll I'm know, grading I'll him know on the right. In the next forty minutes, yeah. <laughs> I like my one of my favorites is Jonathan Skeech. I thought he was pretty fucking good. His uh, yeah. Bruce's henchman, yeah, yeah, which yeah. which we don't know is he maybe Android as well? Like there's a little bit of maybe right, Ooh. but that's the problem with this film, right? Like, like you're right. Like it could have just, they could have just gone balls to the wall ridiculousness. They don't. They open it up with like this whole vice is supposed to be like this, basically borderline. Instead of it being Westworld, it's basically, hey, are you a deplorable human being? Come in here, fuck our androids, do whatever you want with them, and then murder them. And yet we don't get there's one scene of nudity, which is ridiculous. One lady with paper press that Thomas Jane's character walks right into. Everyone's supposed to be like simulating like this kind of like some sexy, almost eyes wide shut kind of like orgy place, which never turns into being. You know what it doesn't do? It's an exploitation film. And they decide not to do an exploitation film, right? Yeah. Like, it, like if it was an exploitation no. film, if there was nothing but titties hanging out and people fucking over here, and then like outside the nothing, like people just get murdered, you'd be like, "What yeah, am I watching?" Yeah, yeah. There's no blood and guts. No. There's like, no everything there's it could no, have been. It's not. No, no. There's no blood and guts. There's no fucking. There's the only. And how much more money would they have made overseas with that? That's Forget America. Saying. Like it would have made a ton. That's what I'm saying. You get that awesome pair of titties in the first twenty minutes. But that's it. And that's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's it. To their credit, I well, would Even the say... opening of the film makes no sense. Like, we learn it's an ad for it that Bruce Willis starts the film with. Yes. And you're like, okay, this is a, a robbery. And then you're like, that's it. Like, we don't even know what that's about. Yeah, but I think I think this is where I'll... I think that... Right. The, the writers... Yeah, okay. All the guys in this movie who are 
who were visiting this place as scumbags. But I think that's the point that Thomas Jane is trying to make. Which is weird because we meet up, we meet Thomas Jane sitting out front for like an hour. And we're no, like, no. okay, see, no, 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 I'm saying like, it's no. not Thomas Jane's fault. I'm saying the plot of the movie is Thomas Jane sitting out in a car, doesn't explain to us why he has to go. And he has to go in and bust a guy that everyone seems to know where he is, but isn't like. No, because he's, no, but Thomas Jane has gone in to get that guy because this guy's, is in there living his fantasy life of beating the shit out of women, and he's taking it outside and You're doing right, it in reality. But we never see that, right? You know what I'm saying? So we're just like we don't even know. But we don't need to see that because what I'm saying is these writers don't misconstrue this as me trying to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> I'm not. I agree wholeheartedly. But what they're I know what they're trying to do. Like they're trying to say these guys are going in there living out their fantasies, and as it turns out, like any, like any drug. These fantasies get wilder and wilder, and it goes from having a threesome, going into depravity, and fucking shooting, strangling, and killing all these women. And then they're going back out into the real world, and they're so warped by now, and they're in such a life of entitlement that they start doing it in reality. But the problem is they don't show any no, of what you just said but that's in the not, film. But that's not what the film is about, is the problem. Oh, no, I know. But but it would have made a film better if we yeah, had... I, like, I, mate, I have no, this like, film would have been better... <laughs> This, all this made. film needed to be better was to be fucking 15 minutes shorter. You get, I'm not giving him credit. I'm just saying that they've got these ideas and these they don't execute any of it. No. And ultimately, you, you've, you've hit the nail on the head already. If there would have been a lot of nudity and fucking in this and people getting their heads blown off and having their guts ripped out, it would still be a shitty movie. But there's always a reason to watch an exploitation yes, movie. Yes. Uh, no, 100%. Like but you, there's no reason to, to watch it. a film that plays it safe like this. Yes. Because it just doesn't appeal to anyone, does it? I love that their idea of the future, like outside of the control room they created for Bruce Willis's character to walk around and be checking out the whole thing, like, like in Westworld, there's a large monitor in Thomas Jane's vehicle and then they've created lights outside in the real world where it's like the fluorescent lights that go in the ceiling but they're on a stand that are standing up and like he's like what like this is the future like this is what we've got it's fucking well, what so you've got to understand is i i think well not, not what you've got to understand as if you're not as if you're not correct but what you what what needs to be understood is to have Thomas Jane and Bruce Willis in your movie must have eaten up potentially two thirds of your budget. I mean, the film made like three million. That is generous. <laughs> but the budget, no, that did make three million. But how much did it cost to make? <laughs> Do you know what I've noticed with all these films? They're very cagey about releasing information on the budget. They'll say, you know, they can't control reports on box office, they can't control that. That's out of their hands. But they're very cagey about saying how much the film costs. I couldn't find that out. I don't know if you could. It's probably because it's <laughs> it's probably dirty money. It's probably dirty some kind of drug money that's being washed through. Well, yeah, they're laundering money. I'm sure. But what I'm saying is, it made like a million bot in global box office and two million domestic like DVD and Blu-ray sales. But I would imagine the film must have cost ten million easily. Yeah, Easy. and the less you have cost about that 10 to 13 million. Which, uh, let's say 15. Let's just say which, 15. How do you keep getting people to invest in it? If they're not making it. I mean, what's. You're not getting any return on this investment. Do you know what I think? They're all made so closely together, aren't they? Oh, God. Gotcha. And they've so all like, got the same people together. in them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're I can't with help this. but think, let's rush these movies through. I mean, Lionsgate and this, who's this fucking guy, this pervy Weinstein fuck? Yeah, this fucking guy, uh, guy? Randall, Randall Emmett. These fuckers. 
Lionsgate have got some explaining to do because they're they're clearly exploiting Bruce Willis and so is this. Uh, actually, if you read up on it, that's the whole reason they actually got into it because of Bruce Willis was attached for everything. Well, for yeah, so that well, they're, like, they're hey, hands we, are I think we talked about it. if they wanted to make their money back more tits. I, and look, I don't know if we have any female listeners. We're we're not saying that all we want is tits and ass. But if you're if this is a movie, if you watch this, it's supposed to be some kind of like sex club. Like it's the most deprived version of Westworld. It's like they don't even they just strip away the stories. It's basically you show up, you find an android you want to fuck, you can romance her or rape her. Like it really is that your choice, and then you can do whatever you want. Throw some chiseled bozos with their dick swinging I, around. I don't give a fuck. I, yeah. I was expecting when he was going to that club, it was going to be. I just recently saw a movie called Babylon. There is dick. And tit in the beginning of 30 minutes of this movie, everywhere in this orgy like party in Hollywood in the 1920s. This is what this film needed. It needed full frontal, it needed the, the orgy scene that Tom Cruise walks through when he's in eyes wide shut. It needed that. And then a level of violence that yeah. was shocking. And then would make sense why Thomas Jane. And then a scene where it happens out in the street where you see Thomas Jane have to deal with it or a flashback. That brings it a little bit more together. And then you kind of go like, this isn't actually a decent B-movie fucking... But they don't realize what they've got is what I'm saying, these fucks, right? Because, oh, no. Because, yeah, the, the Thomas Jane thing with the whole, like, these guys are getting warped and coming out into the rea- real world and doing all that crazy shit. And that's why he's pissed off. As he says in the movie, he goes there all the time. But and what I was going to say... Because these are all what they call these android people. What are they fuck artificials? The artificials, yeah. Right. No. So what I'm saying is, you could be, ha- you could show these artificials getting arms, legs, and heads blown off, but you would lose that violent edge because they're not even human. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So you could get around that kind of level of yeah. gruesomeness and gore, yeah. and but like, then you're like, yeah, well, they're not even real, you know. So these guys, have, like I say, they're they're just inept. Mm. You know, they're not capable of expanding on their ideas they're like that they hey, wouldn't stole. it be cool they're like wouldn't <laughs> it be co- yeah wouldn't it be cool if we did this wouldn't it be cool if we had that yeah but you need they're like hey let's take westworld and let's take uh blade runner and let's blade put them together they and that's as far bit. as they got but that's as far as they got with their ideas but it's completely derivative they throw in the truman show they throw it throw in the matrix it's all in there it, yeah but but again half-assed at, at best. Got no, well, no, it's not even... You're being generous. Well, I'm... Quarter off. You know, I appreciate that you're <laughs> being, being <nice>. so kind. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, so, I, yeah, I just feel like this is all played far too safely. The lead actress is miscast. Thomas Jane is in a different movie. <laughs> yes. And so Bruce, Bruce Willis. Willis. I feel like uh, everyone's well, in a I'm, different I'm kind movie. Of haven't really, I haven't really broached the subject of Mr. Willis so far. We'll get there in a second. Yeah, we'll get there because, uh, you know, that's, that's what this is really You know, you also about. forgot for your little vibes, Escape from New York as well. There's some Escape from New York vibes in there as well. There is an element. And, mm-hmm. you know, before I forget... You know, this is what if Thomas important. Jane had a fucking eye patch? Oh man, any film there's an eye patch in a <laughs> know, fucking right? movie. I'm sorry, I, I know. I don't know what that is. I would the like ability to wear an eye patch for men seems to be very. There's something to be sexy about it, but yet we don't want to lose the eye. You know, we just want to yeah, be able yeah, to have yeah, the cool no, fashion. We want to be able to still see. We don't want the pass and the milky eye. Fuck no, but I'm saying noise. like we would like to wear an eye patch, but we don't want to actually go through the process no, of actually no, losing no, the no. eye to make it legitimate. I don't want a pussy milky eye. Thank you very much. But I'll take the eye patch. But a little shout out. Just a little shout out to um, Is it your boy Thomas again? James. Thomas James Boss, everybody. <laughs> Kazansky, played by Mr. Don Harvey once again. Chewing him out. 
for going against the rules. Oh, come on. No, no. I, I remember sitting there watching him going, all right, he's in it. Steven's going to be very excited. But I thought, I was thinking like at least in the last film, his reason for being in the film was actually, it was, it was decent. Exposition. He was really. exposition. He was, yeah. was going to tell us who the fuck Prince was because they had no idea how to do this. <laughs> and then in this film, they were just like, okay, we've got to have, because again, they're going with all the tropes. We've got to have an 80s-like boss who may or may not be Hell on the yeah. tape, but he's going to yell no matter what. And they're like, can we oh, get a black guy? And now yeah. the black people are like, we're not in this fucking movie for nothing. Like, what else do we get? And they're like, well, Harvey did our last film. You think he'll be in this one? They're like, fuck him, throw him a couple million. And he was like, Cause the only thing he was missing is like, I feel like he was missing, he was going to yell Alex Foley. Like, you come in and you, yeah, yeah, God yeah, damn yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> you know, or like Joe Pantaleone in Bad Boys. I don't know if you've yeah, seen yeah. that yet, but he's just like losing his fucking mind. And he just, yeah. there's nothing. I, but, but the thing is, is we don't, I feel bad for them and I feel bad for Tom Chief. Because I know they're doing something, but they have no reason for why they're doing it. Like, they're doing the best they can with the whole, that's all he needs. That's all he needs, but, but he's know, like, look, I've told you a hundred times, and you're kind of like, but have you? <laughs> well, you know, he's the chief, man. He can do what he wants. He's, he, oh, it's ridiculous. He's, he's the fucking boss, man. He's I'm the, not saying he's not good. I just good. feel bad for him. But we he's know just he's, in there you know, doing, he, like, we, he's like, I don't know good. why I'm doing what I'm doing. But we, we know he's good. He's in it because he's in a movie, you know, he's a I bet he didn't even turn to the camera guy and go, or the director and go, what's my motivation? Just to get paid? Gotcha. I'll, I'll do the best I can here because I don't, I don't say anyone's in this fucking movie, but listen, he's in a movie with Bruce Willis. He's in a movie with Thomas Jane. He's somebody again, man. He's somebody. He's Don fucking Harvey. Is at that point, doesn't Don Harvey go, hey, hey, this is what I do. I'm a character actor. You're bringing, you're bringing my stuff down here. Let's elevate this a little bit. You're starting to bring my uh, body of work down here. I'm, I'm giving you everything I got. And you're, what, what is this? What is this? Give me like something. Many, like many of us, he flew too close to the stars. Jonathan Skeech, I think also, like I said before, I thought he was very, very good in this film. It's like Jonathan Skeech actually knows what movie he's in. And he's actually giving a really like, good role. In this movie, he's like 40 years old. He looks like he's about to fucking die of AIDS. Do you know what I mean? He's not looking good, is he? No, but he's really good. Like, he's able to handle the action scenes. He's able to deliver some really good lines. And maybe it's because Bruce Willis is so... I don't know. Like, like he's just calm. Like, Bruce Willis isn't no, overselling it. Right? He's like, always yeah, cold. He's just like, he's like, he's playing it very professional. I'm a professional businessman. This is what I do. I'm going to keep my shit together. And even in his moments, he mostly keeps, like, unlike the last film, like, he, we barely saw him. Also, then he has to go into some fit of rage at the end of the movie for no yeah, reason. Yeah. He doesn't do this, which is why I don't know, like, I don't know where I land with him on this. Like, he was decent. Like, he actually was good in this. I didn't think he was bad in this, but I don't know if it was a great, if he gave a good performance. Does that make sense? It was better than the last movie we saw, and but yet he, it, you know, it wasn't like the other ones we've seen, the, the first three. I don't know that his role required him to add what he did for the first three roles we talked about. Like, it was just like he was basically played a really good cold I you know I'm on top of shit don't you worry about it I've got this lockdown kind of thing and when him and Jonathan Skeets they were really good together I, I enjoyed them and then unfortunately when they had to kind of intercross with Thomas Jane that was a weird moment because it just we know Thomas Jane has been sniffing his ass the entire film, but we have no idea why. Like, we never are getting any good context why we should be like, oh, yeah, Thomas Jane needs to get Bruce's character. Like, never once in the film did we even go, Bruce Willis's character is the villain of this thing. <laughs> there was no need. We weren't like, I mean, he, he created an android place for people who are depraved to go be depraved. Like, he wasn't hurting anyone else. You're kind of like, I'm not really all that upset with Bruce Willis's character. I don't really give a fuck. He doesn't piss me off. Like, I know we're supposed to have that emotion. No, I get that. But um, what I'm saying is... But we know that this this world that he's created has started to affect, you know, the outside world. We know this, world. but we've we never seen that. it. Well, that's the that problem. It doesn't matter. I think we it would help. We don't need to see it. We're not fucking children, are we? 
We know what's going on. We're we told do. That he literally looks at the fucking screen and explains to us why he's there. Yeah, we don't see it, but we don't see a lot of things that we know are going on in the movie. We can't see it because they, they need another $5 million. So I know what you're saying, but every what, what I'm saying is everything that's interesting about this film is expositional and explained. All the things that we see happen are, <laughs> are boring as shit. So I don't so, know. If, I don't know why. You, basically, you're proving my point, but you're defending it in a weird way. Like, it's like, look, well, I, look I don't even see the shit about, you're talking about. However, if we could see the shit you're talking about, this movie was so much better. Well, Just, no, obviously, yeah, but we're, you're talking about. Well, because normally when you when you have character development, there's things that happen within a movie that make you go one way or the other, or you understand why a character feels a way towards a person. Yeah. Well, you don't get any of that. Like, if I just were to say to somebody, I hate fucking Steve Smith. He's a fucking asshole. Well, but I give no one any reasons why. That's just my opinion on that. I could just be a dick myself and just, you know, not not like the fact that you, no, you call me bald or something like that. Why in this film? You <laughs> yeah, do get yes, the reasons. Kind They're of. just not very good. Like the film. They needed. What I'm saying is, they you needed need more be, than exposition. Yeah, yeah. You, needed you need actual. You need a visuals. good writer. You need a good director. Whoa, whoa. And a are we talking bad about Andre Fabrizio? No, I'm talking about Brian fucking Miller. Over. From the fabulous... No, Brian Miller was the director. The, no, I'm talking about the, I'm talking about the director. You've, you've got uh, a listen, bad director. Andre you, Fabrizio, the fabulous Fabrizios. No, that writing family. You're forgetting, you're forgetting <laughs> Jeremy Passmore as well. I it's passed all, over him more. He's no, listen, ass. listen. Jeremy Passmore is as much to blame as Fabrizio. <laughs> They're all and the blame. No, but that's what I'm saying. You're you're kind of saying this film should have done more, and I'm like, well, this film should have done a fucking lot more. Oh, I get yes. that, but what I'm saying is, look, all these things we know the hows and the whys. We're not we're told them. We we're not shown them because they ain't got any money and they don't know what they're doing. The only person who knows what he's fucking doing in this movie. Is my man Thomas Jane, right? He showed up, man. He showed up. He's saying, I didn't care how much you're paying me. You're getting everything. You're getting all of me. You're getting the fucking whole kit and caboodle, man. I think your feeling is this because you saw it twice. I saw it once. So, in fairness, I will use that as my caveat. I did not see more than once. <laughs> yeah, I'm Because my more, one notice here is, what the fuck is Thomas Jane doing with yeah, this performance? Is he supposed versed. to be on heroin or a fucking hippie? Like, I couldn't decide which one he is. He's, well, can't he be both? I don't. He could. Yeah. He just He keeps going from um, one to the other. Listen, listen, like, oh, Scott, I'm far more well-versed in the ins and outs of this movie. Than you are, right, I've you seen are. It twice. clearly. Uh, you, uh, well, yes. <laughs> oh, I've got so much more of an understanding than you. I'm a pro here. You're a novice. Let me explain the greatness of this movie. <laughs> when we learn about the females and that they're androids, the night that they get attacked, <laughs> I, all I could think about is something we talked about on the Cheeky Bastards when we were talking about the Nicolas Cage film face off and how much it <laughs> ruined it for you that they didn't even attempt to get the stunt people to look the same and all i could think of was like who the fuck did they find us the stunt women they looked nothing like the two lead characters of the no, females it was it. so it was Again, all i could think about was like, i was like oh my god steve's gonna love yeah. this because he loves when stunt people don't look listen, even close listen John McTiernan would have had far more respect for the audience if, if they'd have let him direct Face Off. <laughs> he would have at least hired stuntmen who looked like the fucking actors. John Woo was just out of his fucking depth and should have <laughs> fucked this? off. He should have fucked off back to Hong Kong where he could make some good fucking movies. But listen, 
Brian the Miller this, said the same. He was like, "Fuck exactly. it." Exactly. He was from the school of fucking. I think he John was like, Wick. he was like, "Oh shit, we need a, we need some stunt." When he goes, "Anyone here been in a maybe a? Not have to be a stunt person. Have you ever done any gymnastics or cheerleading? Possibly. You've done some tumbles. Are there any come, short guys around <laughs> here who don't mind putting on a wig? That's what. Short skinny guys. <laughs> Can you come over <laughs> and do it? That's in the grand uh, scheme of things. That's what we're and doing. they don't even try. I mean, they don't even try to hide. Like we talked about in the Kill Bill episode for my Church of Tarantino, where it's hard to tell sometimes. Where Zoe Bell and Uma Thurman switch in Kill Bill, right? So they do such a great job of filming that, which is a combination of the stunt team and a combination of Tarantino working together to go. We're going to hide this so you don't know where Zoe Bell and Uma are. Yeah, (laughs) this one they're like, "Fuck it, we're just." Yeah, but you're talking about a good direction. But you can try. Like it's not, it's not hard to try. He may have, tri- be try- he may have been trying his best. This might uh, be his best. I mean, but, the YouTube was out back then. He could have at least YouTube the <laughs> movie to go. How did they hide this? And go. Oh, that's how they hid it. And film it a different yeah, way. Good point. Again, again, I'm not ultimately arguing. Oh, with you. Like either of us are going to watch this fucking thing ever again. But I do think, I genuinely do think that I, I enjoyed it more the second time. But it still sucked, you know. <laughs> but like I say, there's just I'm always looking for just that little ray of sunshine. That little thing that I'm like, you know what? That was a cool thing. That was a little, that little thing there, that little moment, that little line of dialogue, that little action sequence. Is there's something? If there's something entertaining, there's very little. There is very little True. in this movie. And very. like, I mean, but ultimately, what we're what, what what we're dealing with here is this android woman who goes on the run because she starts getting sparks of her memory back. Which is all a bit fucked up and doesn't really add up anyway. No, because you're there's, like, there's no reason You've for been it. given false memories, but her old memories are overriding the new memories. Yes. But how does she know which is which? But anyway. makes no makes no sense. There's no reason for it. No, but, but then like, her like, there's husband, nothing there. Obviously, but her husband created the robot version of her because she really she died in real life, and he was partners with Julian Michaels or whatever his fucking name is. Yeah, yeah, you got and it right. And he got froze out. He gets thrown out, basically, uh, by the egomaniac, and then he tries to help her escape. So, you know, really, and then Thomas Jane's in the middle. He hate, he's, he's not into this Julian Michaels guy. He knows he's shady as fuck. But also, there's people out, you know, got all this crime going on on the outside. So he's kind of in the middle of all this, trying to make sense of it. And he eventually pieces it together. So it's simple. Very simple. Kindergarten to piece this together. But <laughs> here it comes, folks. Here it comes. Yeah, it's very simple. Yeah, because well, like, look, because when I first watched it, I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> like, it's not like you've, yeah, as you as you pointed out, nothing is done coherently. Mm-mm. To be honest with you, we're probably as bewildered by it all as Thomas Jane is. So in that sense, the director did a good job. Yes, he's keeping us in the dark, man. He's putting us. He's putting us there with Thomas Jane, man. So we don't know who is who and what is what. But I don't think that's intentional. It's not. You know, we're talking I, I, about. I, I don't. I think the director's still in the dark. I don't yeah. think he knows. Yeah, he's and filming. ultimately, not to. I'm sorry to repeat, but I'll, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, there's just no gore. There's no sex. You know, anything that would have made this film interesting is missing. Yes. Is missing from it. Well, and we're learning, and this may, you know, I know you and I have differed a little bit on some of the John Wick, but that the new action style that has come out in Extraction and stuff like that, which, ironically enough, we're going to do an Extraction, which is not the same coming up. But I will blame the 1980s for this. It's the just, we're going to just shoot bullets just to fucking shoot bullets. 
We don't care where they go. The, they disappear as soon as they come out of the gun. Yeah. It's just everywhere, right? But if you look at a John Wick or you look at an extraction, even when they're doing the ballet, there's reasons for if the bullets are missing or how they're hitting or who they're hitting and what they're wearing. Like They at least are thinking about the bullets meaning something more than just being fired out of the gun. And some do a real good job of making sure they count the amount of bullets so that the reload is real. You know, like I blame the 80s for this. And we saw it in the last movie we just did. But in this, it's like a G.I. Joe cartoon. There's supposedly mm. these, you know, elite soldiers running the place and they're shooting and they can't hit and nobody no one's hitting anybody and then eventually it's like okay we got this we're gonna wrap this up we're almost out of bullets all right now you're gonna hit this guy like it makes no fucking sense of what is fucking happening i'm like this is 26 well 15 when this comes we're 30 almost we're 25 years past gi joe 20 years yeah. and and past star wars where no one gets hit can we start fucking hitting people or don't pull the fucking trigger because that's not how wor- the world works well funnily enough in my notes i, was, I did write that like like 80,000 bullets get fired and about yes. two people die in this movie. And look, I know you and I have had a little <laughs> back and forth about, you know, it's a movie. and this, I, I can appreciate that. I know that the, in this movie is some stuff that goes on and there's some things that happen and we're supposed to, you know, suspend belief for these moments. I get that. But after a while, let's start giving the audience a little, let's treat us a little bit more with some respect and some intelligence. You could fire 300 bullets if you want. In the Matrix, at least, we have a reason why some of the bullets don't make it in the bullet time and all that. There's some reasons these things happen and don't happen. I'm fine with that. Don't fucking waste my fucking time. Just just firing guns for gun's sake. Because then you have taken away any kind of depth to what you're trying Danger. to do. Like, yeah, there's no de- like. like I, I'm not, no one's gonna get hit. Like I don't, I don't care how many. You could have two fucking mini guns, like the Predator, like fucking Jesse the Body Ventura and the Predator, and you could be standing there and probably firing them. If you're not blowing things up and no one's getting hurt, like it means nothing. If you're gonna have it, make it mean something. And like we said, this was the perfect opportunity. Could have mowed down hundreds of people. We could. This could have been something fun. It could have yeah. been ridiculous yeah. fun. And I think if you're a horror fan. It's the campiness of it. You know it's so fucking improbable the shit happening in most horror movies. But it's, how do we kill him? That's why we come back. How much blood? What is what is Freddy Krueger going to say this time when he fucking sticks his knife hands up a girl's vagina? Like, what's he going to say when he cuts a dick off? That's why we go to, we know it's improbable and ridiculous, but we want to go for those moments. I don't want to go to a movie that is going to be like this, that has all the opportunity to steal from the thing it's trying to steal from, but not even steal from it. Like, give me, how about this? Give me the X-rated version of what you think Westworld and putting Blade Runner would look like. And now go. Let Thomas Jane walk around with a toothpick and his dick out. Like, he's got a gun holster, his dick out, and a toothpick, and let it it go. And it'd be more entertaining and more fun than what we got out of this. Because it's it's just, at this point, it's just dreary. Yeah, Yeah, you're preaching to the choir, I mean, in the grand scheme. It's just so vanilla. Yeah, guns are going off everywhere, left, right, and center, not connecting with anyone. Like I say, like two people, probably maybe two or three people die in the whole movie. There's, there's like, how can I put it? I think there's, there's probably about four or five times in this movie where I could see like you could have done something here. Mm-hmm. It's not like a total loss. It's like if you would have just like the action scene at the end with when the Thomas Jane and the girl Kelly yeah. infiltrate Vice. Yeah, yeah, the the resort. A terrible name for a resort. Again, you know, if this is this is where we get into the unfortunate area of budget. Yeah, where of course this dickhead Brian Miller, director guy, or and these fucking writers. Look, if they would have had an eighty million, you know, if they would have had, all right, if they would have had a fifty million budget, yeah, that they would have been quite kinetic and exciting action sequences, and I'm sure 
this guy would have done a very middle of the you know middle of the road job. Of, but it just goes to show that they there's just no money in the, these movies. None of this stuff is on the screen. You know, it's 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 all. What, whatever happened to the way the things like even the Cronenberg used to like? What happened to the days of the '80s where people found ways to be very economical and make things happen on these sets? Well, I think you a know, lot like of it, yeah. like a lot of practical effects. No, like, no, you're saying whatever right. happened to the, to the days of that? Because now are things like they want to CGI everything, which is very expensive to do. Where's your intuition to to, to create? Like if you really want to be a director, and there are Go guys ahead. who have made a career out of being be movie directors and people mm, are respected no. for it. Well, ultimately, we, I mean, we're in theory, learning, couldn't, we, we? couldn't we say John Carpenter would be yeah. considered a B-movie director? I mean, but all those last, movies have been yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, but the last 15, 20 years, we've learned, haven't we, that they were out in the grand scheme. They were the true artists. Yeah, that. That's what I'm saying. So where's this yeah. option for you well, as, a, artists, as a person? Well, no. They're hacks. No. They're hack fucking You know what? Assholes. We're going to say right here, the cheeky bastard saying on our second podcast, The Dropping Bruce, if anyone knows Mr. Randall Emmett, somehow, we... Guarantee we can come up with a movie for him, write it better, film it better, make a really good B movie exploitation that will make money overseas. I don't care who you throw in, throw in whatever old man you want. We're gonna make I'll it film happen. It for fucking free. We will fucking budget. make it happen. Yeah, that's a guarantee. I say it now, guarantee, guarantee yeah. it. But films aren't look, films aren't cheap to make. We all know that. How about this? I'll take money on the back end. That's how positive and I am. We'll do it for fucking free. I'll do it. For we'll do it for the free. minimum. How about we'll this? We're not even SAG. We're not even uh, in the Writers Guild. We're not even WGA. We could write it right now. You got a strike. We're not a part of it. We'll do it yeah. in scabs. Fuck it. It's a B movie. Come we on, man. Yeah, show with that. Some my fucking dick. cojones. Yeah. And fucking get us on the fucking payroll. So these guys have got no money anyway. So you're not going to get the very things. I'm now a firm believer. And you know when people like CGI, you know when people complain about CGI blood and um, CGI yeah. gunshots yeah. and stuff. I'm like, look, that's actually cheaper now than just to do it, to do it practically. The technology True. is now so cheap. Probably. However, practically, if you also think about how you could do it, you can also make it happen. You can make it happen. You just have to be a smart filmmaker. No, but it's cheaper maker. to not do that. It's now cheaper. Yeah, it is I guess. cheap, and I'll tell. Yeah. I can prove no, it. No, I know. Well. I've, I've got. I've got stuff. I've got some stuff. Yeah. David Finch has fucking said it himself. So go, yeah. you know, fucking YouTube that. He said it himself. You don't need fifty cost, fifty of the same costume because you didn't get the shot properly. You can just fucking CGI the blood in later. These guys are doing things as economically as possible now. Because but they didn't even use no blood. Fucking... There was no blood effects. No one got shot. Well, no, because the they wasted because more they money sell on it to blanks. More streaming networks, can't they? No, I know, but no they wasted guts to cut out. They can make more money. That's business. That's good business, actually. Yeah, but but it didn't make that much money. They're not interested in making a good movie. All right, well, how about this? Let's let's just quickly cover what we think of Mr. Wells before we get into our final thoughts. Okay. I liked him in this movie because there wasn't a whole lot to like. I thought he did well with the role he was given. Uh, he didn't add any... Th well, I think he had very subtle nuances. I think he did what he could with the material. I, like you said before, I think he gave a little bit more of a performance than the last two, only because the last two, I felt like out of the blue, he decided he had to do one of his customary yells, which people would call a cage rage nowadays, but we'll call it a, a Wild Willis. <laughs> he didn't have to do one of the Wild Willises. You better trademark that shit. Trademarked right here. Um, but he didn't do a Wild Willis, and I appreciated that. So like I said, I had a tough time deciding. I think I've come to my conclusion. I'm not 100% sure if it's because of how 
boring and trite his last two roles were that he was he was on he felt like he was on screen quite a bit. He did the most of what he could. You know, I mean a lot of it was like looking at fucking screens and talk, you know, so I mean he gave what he could on that. And I I think he was decent in it. Now that we've talked a little bit, what's your interpretation of what you think he did or didn't do for this? You could say he gives an understated performance. He's a good actor. He's never mm-hmm. gonna give a bad performance, but he's probably capable of let me think how to word this. Elevating? No, he's he's capable of misreading what he's supposed to be doing. Okay. Yeah, so he's probably capable of like, Bruce, what the fuck? You you're doing this in the wrong movie. No actor is be- no actor is above that. No. I think there's a lot of actors that I love mm-hmm. who are like, Man, you're in the wrong fucking movie. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Like Thomas Jane. Yeah. All of Liam Neeson's late food movies. <laughs> You're still in movies? <laughs> Liam Neeson. Fuck Liam Neeson, man. I'm not even sure he's an actor. Fuck this guy. I've never seen Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson, you know, he struck gold with fucking Schindler's List. But other than that, I don't give a fuck about anything. Taken. He's ever he done. was good in the first Taken, but he's just been the same Anyone guy. Anyone could have done that. There's better actors who could have been in Taken. Liam Neeson is a poor man's uh, Sean Connery because Sean Connery never tried to well, hide that, his accent, and neither Irish, does Liam Neeson. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, what I'm saying is like neither of them no, even attempted <laughs> to hide their, their accent. They're like, I know, fuck I know. It. yeah, yeah. But Sean Connery's argument was always like, look, people come to see a movie because Sean Connery's in it. Oh, I know, but he played this. He played a Spaniard in fucking. We well, played a fucking Irish Scot. In Untouchables. No, but he was saying, I'm not going to do that shit because people don't want that. They want me. That's no, how he could he, well, he, And he also had a great voice, though. I mean, who didn't want to hear Sean Connery speak in his uh, yes, you know, native tongue? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, I, I, no, I but get Liam that. Neeson, but like I said, Liam Neeson is a poor man's no version Sean of Connery, him. Like, fucking make some effort. Look, he's great in Schindler's List. That's a heartbreaking performance. I'll give him that. But anything else? Flush it. I don't give a fuck. Anyway, and he's Irish what? in that as well. <laughs> yeah, and Irish German. The fucking Nazis. The fucking Nazis. Um, anyway, anyway, no. So Bruce Willis, uh, you know, he gives an understated performance in this. I'll save my um, ultimate All right. point on him till the end. But I'm right now. I'm going to be polite, kind, considerate, and cryptic, and say he gives an understated performance. Strap her in. Tomorrow, everything will be just like the way it's supposed to be. Proper order will be set. By the time you wake up from this little nap, you'll be right back where you started from. Hey, um, I'm looking for the uh, control room. Do you have an access badge? Got my badge right here. Hey, listen up! Anybody who wants to live, leave now! Except for you, pal. Sit down. Uh, You want to make it into bed tonight? I'm going to do exactly what I tell you, okay? I want you to take this, upload it into the mainframe system here. I, I, I can't. I don't have access. You got access now? Let's move on then to our final thoughts on this amazing sci-fi thriller, yeah. Vice. Favorite scene. My favorite scene, and I wasn't allowed to choose from in my opinion, is when Thomas Jane's character walks face first into a pair of large breasts. 
I laughed. I thought it was fantastic. It was the one moment I actually had a real laugh that was based on the scene and not on the ridiculousness of what was going on, even though yeah, it no. was kind of a combination. Yeah, but all but of a sudden, you see these big breasts and he walks right into it. And I was like, all right, I appreciate it. I was like, well, maybe this. And nope, we never got the same joy from a moment as I did in that moment. So for me, it's very shallow. I know that. But yes, a pair of breasts being walked into by our lead actor. Mr. Smith, what is your favorite scene from 2015's Vice? Well, I'd just like to say I think that's very deep of you to say that because it's an appreciation of the female form. And I ultimately know that that's where you're going with that. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you're you. not going to be that shallow guy who just likes titties, are you? You are, It's feminine, it's powerful. You know, yes. you're a deep guy. I respect yes. that's one of the things I admire about you. And you. you know, I appreciate it. I respect that. Anyway, my favorite scene is um, an action sequence, funnily enough. The scene in the church where um, Thomas Jane first meets Kelly's creator, yeah, and the yeah. SWAT team burst in. Thomas Jane just fucking goes batshit bananas, fucking action hero, rolling around the floor with his Beretta, <laughs> blasting the shit out of these SWAT guys. And you just think, you know what? Five more of these scenes in this movie, and I'd be jerking off. This is the shit. So that is my recommendation <laughs> for the best scene, yeah? Is Thomas Jane just fucking going all out action hero for the brief minute and 10 seconds that it is? It's good stuff, but that is it. And I appreciate that you have the strength and belief in yourself of your own sexuality that you're okay to whip your dick out and masturbate to a man killing other people. Like it's, it's, it's more of an appreciation. You're, you're not just all about, I gotta jerk off to women. I will also, if a man is putting in a performance in a violent way, I will pop shot with him in the same respect I would as a female. So congratulations Again, we to you to be so worldly. <laughs> we understand. I like, and that's, you know, that's gold. Yeah. That's, you can't buy that shit. No. That's just, that's just connection, man. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Best one-liner. Best one-liner or monologue from this film for me. <laughs> Again, it's surreal it's and ridiculous. Be good. I don't know how you're going to do this. It's surreal and ridiculous. But it's actually the last line of the film. And it's Thomas Jane just turns and looks at the two androids who have now realized that they're what they were, and he goes, "Welcome to the real world." <laughs> it makes no oh. fucking sense. I just, once again, I does laugh. He like, his t- does he spit his? I, 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 he's, I don't. He's either got the magic in or he spits it out. But he's like, he just looks at them and he's like, "Welcome to the real world." <laughs> yeah. It makes no sense. When they decided to make this movie, Mister Fabrizio was like, "Oh, it passes more." I know how we're in this film, all right? Thomas Jane is going to turn and say to these two broads, hey, welcome to the real world. That's he gave his Oscar speech, didn't he? To the and man. the two of them were like, oh, they just started, they just couldn't help it. They dual banjo jerked off in front of each other. They couldn't help it. They were like, wow. we've got it. We've got it. That's so. amazing. <laughs> what's, what's your favorite one-liner from this? Ama- oh, oh, we got the phone out. He's got to read it. Here it comes, <laughs> folks. Hold guys. on. Hold on. Here it comes. Ladies and gentlemen. I've got two. Oh, Jesus. For a film so inept, mediocre, and derivative, I've got two. Firstly, a line said, this is unbelievable. Firstly, a line (laughs) said by actor Tyler John Olsen, who I on my research, and he's in 12 of these straight-to-video Bruce Willis movies. Is he the one who chokes her out? Oh, yeah. So he was the guy that your buddy talked about in the last film. He was sitting upstairs at the booth, and he almost got himself killed. He was the guy that your buddy... That's right. Listen, he says this. I love this line. Just as he's about to 
Moida, one of these chicks. <laughs> I want this face to be the last thing you remember before you die. Does that make any sense? I want this face to be the last thing you remember before you die. Listen. I don't know if that makes any I'm gonna sense. I'm going to say this to you. Welcome to the real world. <laughs> oh, right. whoa, man. Oh, boom. Crazy oh. and pass more. Okay, and if that's not good enough for you, if you're thinking, yeah, that doesn't make sense, that's pretty stupid, but that's nothing <laughs> special. Well, get a load of this. Said by um, your favorite jerk-off material, Mr. Jonathan... Skeech. I think it's Skeech. Skeech, whatever. Whatever. Jonathan Fuckstick, his name is, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Oh, he says this. This is fucking golden. Right. He says, I know why the caged bird sings. We're going further down the rabbit hole. There are many ways to flush out a rat. So he goes from caged bird to rabbit to rat in a fucking one bit of dialogue. What the fuck is going listen, on in this movie? Listen, Fabrizio and Passamore are going to come out to eventually be two of the greatest American writers we've ever had. I'm going to let we'll you know We'll be this. there to remind them of their past yes. failures. The reason that the writers are on strike is because Passamore and Fabrizio are not getting the credit they deserve. And the Ooh. writers have had enough. And Ooh. they're striking. Fabrizio, of the fabulous Fabrizios. Come on. And I'm you saying. won't pass him over no more, Mr. Passamore. I'm just saying, these so, guys are scribes. Shakespeare's like, how the fuck did I not come up with these lines myself? <laughs> to reiterate, I know why the caged bird sings. We're going further down the rabbit hole. There are many ways to flush out a rat. This guy is fucking <laughs> insane. He's not insane. It goes to my point that he's an android and his fucking circuits are just firing <laughs> yeah, off maybe. willy-nilly That's the style. only excuse he's got right now. But yeah, that, so you get two. Because last time, I believe I didn't have one. This is last true, movie, I sucked. didn't have a line. So you get two this time. Boom. Making up for it. Best performance. It's kind of synergy of what you just said, because it comes down to our best performances. And for me, I know why the Cage Bird sings. Mr. Jonathan Skeets was my favorite performance in the film. I thought he was, of all the actors, and look, I get Thomas Jane and all that, of all the actors, he actually was, I enjoyed him. He was his role. He wasn't going on some psychosis breaks like Thomas Jane. He wasn't just some IT wizard like fucking Bruce Willis or this stone cold piece of wood that these two girls were. I would have preferred, and this, I'm sorry, this is very, very sexist, but those two girls would have been better off in a porn. They, they had the looks for the porn, but they had the acting of like old porn, like when they would <laughs> try to, when the girls would try to act. You're like, I was just, waiting for the pizza just get guy the, to show up. Exactly. Just get the sucking dick. Let's, let's stop. Don't say any more words. Oh, Enough so with the words. Get to what you're here for. We don't want to hear you talk anymore. You're so but for crude. me, Jonathan Skeech, Skeech, whatever his last name is, Jonathan Buckstick over here. Jonathan, I know why the Gage Bird sings over here. <laughs> he, in my opinion, <laughs> gave the best performance in this film filled with, I can't believe we're an Oscar nominated performances back in 2015. Well, you know, different times. Mr. Smith. Who wins your award for best actor, best performance in this film? Best actor in this movie, without question. I mean, Scott's on the fucking vodka or something because he's not making any sense right now. <laughs> if you because you don't know I'm why seeing, the cage bird sings. Oh, I do. If you, if you ladies and gents could see what I'm seeing right now, he's chugging away at vodka like it's Jonathan <laughs> Fuckstick's cock. I'm telling you. Hey. Listen, there's only one best actor in this movie, and that's Mr. Thomas Jane. I bow to you. You are the man. You're my hero. You weren't the best Punisher. 
but you know what? In this movie, you're just on fire, man. You are. You turned up. You you were like, no one else is here. I'm carrying this whole fucking movie. I'll do whatever it takes. You've got me. You've got my commitment. I'm here for you. <laughs> he delivers. It's worth watching. There's like, what, maybe 10 things about this movie that are pretty fun and cool, you know, spread out, if I'm generous. Really spread out. But every moment Thomas Jane <laughs> is on the screen in this movie is solid, lick, well, just solid fucking gold. So for me... Thomas Jane, you the man. You the man, motherfucker, you the man. I'll summarize it as this. If you ever wonder what happened to Scott Stapp, the lead singer of Creed, Thomas Jane played him in this film. <laughs> <laughs> With the hair and all. He had the fucking short. Right. You didn't tell anybody. He's got like this short right, length fucking is, shag. The hair is questionable. No one's perfect, all right? Favorite character. This is where we both now will get to shake hands. My favorite know. character, because of how fucking almost Nicolas Cage-like it was, is Roy, played by Thomas Jane. Mr. Roy, our police detective, don't know, don't even know what unit he's a part of. <laughs> he just shows up at things. But Roy, <laughs> with his fucking Cobretti toothpick and his old car that's got the fancy computer in it and... He walks into a pair of titties, and he's just saying crazy stuff throughout the film. <laughs> like I said, this is one of those movies where if you really just know what it is, and you go, fuck it, we're just going to have some fun after you watch it the first time, you can really like to watch Thomas Jane walk through this, because it's fucking crazy. And the guy who said it's like Gary Busey mannerisms, 100% on point. And I appreciate Thomas Jane for it, because... He said, you know what? Fuck it. You're giving me the money. You're not going to tell me no because you don't know what the fuck you're doing. You hired me for my name. I'm doing what I want to do, pal. So we're, I'm doing my version of let's say I am Deckard as Cobretti <laughs> in fucking Blade Runner and go. And that's what he does. Hey, when you're right, you're right. Uh, okay. Your favorite. Okay. Not to sound like an echo or a broken record. Ladies and gents, Thomas Jane. It's hard. I can't believe you can say his name with his dick so far down your Roy, in your mouth. Good Roy Tedeschi, his name is. <laughs> Roy Tedeschi, <laughs> man. He turns up, right? Scott isn't wrong. He turns up. He's got the match stick in his mouth like Marion Cabretti. <laughs> he's got the Mad Max car. He's mean. He's fucking got the... He's got Mad Max beyond Thunderdome hair, too. Like, he's got he's the got fucking the long I hair. couldn't think of an actor I could compare the perm to. Scott Stab from Creed. That's where it is. Nah, that's too obscure, man. Not to the people listening to this podcast. No, no this one podcast likes Creed. Willis, no one even knows who Creed are. They're not even... A, Late anymore. 90s, in the mid 90s. And no, I know, uh, but if you, come on. If you had got, if you've got terrible taste in music, maybe, but fans of this show have got good taste in music. No one listens to fucking Creed. But I will say this that's a haircut all unto itself. It's a yes. Coley. It, do you know what? It's a performance in its. Do you know what? Fuck <laughs> this, right? My favorite <laughs> character in this movie is Thomas Jane's hair. It is a character. Oh. It is. That mom. So yeah, all right, I'm going in on this. The favorite character isn't Roy Tedeschi. It's his fucking haircut, all right? It's, it's the Tedeschi. That's what, ladies the, and gents. That's, that's what they call it. That's what they you call You want to drop it, some panties out there? You get the Tedeschi. You throw in a fucking matchstick. Girls are going to go fucking wild. What's it going to be? That's what your hair. That's what your haircut says. Your barber says to you. What's it going to be? Uh, give me the Tedeschi. The Tedeschi. You grab it, and when you go to do your pop shot, you go, oh, welcome <laughs> to the real world, and you leave. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Yeah, you, you and then you go, you've been tedeschi <laughs> So your barber oh. says, what's it going to be? So I'll go for the Tedeschi. He's going to go, oh, 
Looking for a lady tonight. Oh, huh? tonight. You're going to go lucky this, son. You, I just happened to be, I got these special Colombian matches for you. Would you like one of them? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Fuck it. You oh. know, my favorite actor in this. Without question, Thomas Jane, but the character, man. That hair, bro. That fucking hair. Woo! All right. Now it's time for the moment of truth. The moment of truth. Did Mr. Willis drop a Bruce? Or a deuce. Oh, this has been a fucking struggle. You're on your own. I, I am going to say, and I'm going to say that I, I want to preface this. It's not one of, in our first three films that we talked about, as bad as some of the films may have been. And I, and I would actually say two out of the three were way more enjoyable than the last three we've had to watch. The last three have been funny just because of how ridiculous they've been. And Willis in the first three gave, he really gave performances. Like, he really did. The last two, uh, they haven't been great, and he looks like he's slept walk through them. I do feel, considering the material and what he had to work with and what he gave is he did not do a Wild Willis. He decided to play it pretty much, you know, like you said, very nuanced. So I'm going to give him credit for that because of the last two performances. And I really want to say it's because of the last two performances, he really rose above those three performances. So if those are deuces, he didn't give the, the great ones of the first three. But he didn't give a shitty one. He played the role, maybe took a paycheck, but he did give some. I'm going to say he gave a very small Bruce in this. He gave us something. He was better than he was before. He didn't sleepwalk. He really, you know, he played the character he was playing better. So I'm going to give him a Bruce, but like by by a hair. He did give us something. It was better than the last two. So for that, I give him credit. Like he, There were moments at the end when, like you said, they have that mono we mono He could have fucking gone all, like the last movie, like in The Prince. He could have gone all fucking, <laughs> fucking yelling for no reason and all the stupid stuff. They didn't do that to him. Although we didn't even get into the ending where it's just supposed to be a sequel, possibly. <laughs> like they left it open for a sequel. I don't know. Or that he may be it. Whatever. So anyways, Bruce, you dropped a Bruce, but boy, just barely. Just barely. He most definitely dropped a Bruce. Mr. Smith, your final take on that. It's been difficult, this one. I've been thinking about this, you know. Anyone, any any of you ladies out there saying men can't multitask all throughout this episode. He's been marinating this while also doing I've been a jerking speed. off to Thomas Jane. I've been talking <laughs> about the movie. I've been drinking and I've been thinking about this. So I, you know. I like how you held off what you've been drinking. He's been drinking a White Claw. I'm just going to say, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon in England, he's drinking a White Claw. Well, I'll tell you what. you know, this The official is, uh, drink. I'm... The Cheeky Bastards. Well, it's very refreshing. But the thing is, I, look, if I'm getting drunk, I drink rum. But there's no beer in this world that's going to get you drunk unless you drink 20 of them. So I just wanted something refreshing on a nice sunny afternoon. So I went for Natural Lime, White Claw, official sponsors of the Cheeky Bastards. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I found this difficult, as have you, as have you. I know, I understand, I yes. appreciate it, I respect it. And I'm with you, I'm with you on this, because it may not be a memorable performance. It's not a showy performance, it's a subtle performance. He's a cold and calculated guy, and he's got the knowledge and intelligence to play it that way. So yeah. It's a Bruce. And much like you just said, only just. I'm not just being generous because the last two have been bad. I mean it. I think he, he knew how to play this. Mm -hmm. He didn't go for the Wild Willis, I say. There was no Wild Willis. There was no need for the Wild Willis. Nope. That would have been inappropriate. 
You know, I can respect Nicolas Cage's mega acting, as I call it. Mm -hmm. I can respect that because it makes him who he is. Well, he did what you said. He does a Thomas Jane. He always is putting in a performance. He's always, regardless of the, the thing, he's always yeah, giving you something absolutely. to remember. Listen, Nicolas Cage does his mega acting. We love him for it. He's spontaneous. We don't know what we're going to get. We, You know, that is who he is. That's not who Bruce Willis is. No. Bruce Willis, I consider to be a very thoughtful person. A thoughtful actor. He knows when to shout. He knows when it requires it. And I think in this before, I think he knew how to play it. This is a businessman, a, you know, a guy who, I'm not saying a guy who understands science, but a guy who knows what he wants from it. He's a businessman. He's not a moustache twirl and pantomime villain. He's, a, he's not even really a villain. You know, it's, it's all down to business, and he's a businessman, and he can see what he's doing. He's, he's providing a service, and whatever goes on out in the real world, well, he's not out in the real world, is he? He knows he can control what goes on in his resort, and I think he just plays it straight. You know, he plays it straight, and there's no need for the mega acting of Nicolas Cage because he can sell it in the cold and calculated way that we respect Bruce Willis for. So it's subtle. And he's delivered a Bruce on this one from me. He most definitely dropped a Bruce. And now we decide this film we already know. Is this movie a Bruce or a Deuce? And for the third consecutive month in a row, I do believe we're going to agree on the same thing, but maybe not. But for me, this movie's a deuce. Look, us talking about it has been more fun than the actual movie. I think we may have sold this as a more fun movie than it is. We enjoyed certain things of it because of its ridiculousness, but overall on an actual, if we're being honest on a scale, this movie is a deuce. I actually have this lower than the setup for me. Like, like you've said, the setup, it didn't have the actors in it that, I mean, it's two stars are fucking Ryan Felipe and 50 Cent. That's all you need to and know them, about that and film. And miscast. Yeah, completely miscast. And yeah. Bruce is the only thing that fucking even keeps that movie afloat. That movie's garbage, but this movie is far worse. It has so much more potential with its actors, with what it was trying to steal from anyways. Once again, proving our point, but we won't get into that again about people stealing and other directors <laughs> who are named nameless on this podcast. But yeah, this is a full-on take a shit in your hand and wipe it through your face. It was bad. Very bad. From the get-go, the guy hiring his fucking former wife and all that it's just fucking terrible. It was doomed from the beginning. There are some funny moments in it that if you watch it for a second time, once you get through the first slog of it, you can have fun with it. But overall, this is a fucking deuce. This film was definitely dropped. A deuce. Mr. Smith. Right. Well, you're right. This is a deuce. That you enjoyed, which is fine. So put it this way. As I just said with my monologue on <laughs> why this is a Bruce, why Bruce gives us a Bruce, this is only just a deuce. Really? In the sense, only in the sense. I mean, it's not a good movie. Fucking, let's just, we know that. But I've seen it twice now. I enjoyed it more the second time. There's fun to be had. If you've got time, watch it twice. If you haven't got time to watch it twice, don't watch it at all. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you can find funny movies, but as a movie, moments. it wasn't made for that reason. This movie was, they wanted this to be a real movie. Yeah, and yeah. on that point, it's a fucking no, deuce. It's a they failure. fucking took a shit. It yeah, fails. big time. It fails. But you can make fun of failures. That, like the room. Yeah, exactly. This is too inoffensive to be fun, that much fun, unfortunately. But like I say, that's it, really. Watch it twice or don't watch it at all. But that second time, 
You know, it was still have below average. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> get yourself with the desk ski, look, get a toothpick, yeah. pull your Listen. dick out or your breasts out, whatever you got, whatever you got, you know, and enjoy. Hashtag <laughs> gay for Thomas Jane, you know. <laughs> Thomas Jane delivers. He's just so great in this. This film was definitely dropped. A deuce. Well, we want to thank all of you who follow us and listen to us on the last of the Action Heroes Podcast Network. Thank you. Very We're much. very, very appreciative, and we hope you will join us next month as we say goodbye to summer, hello to fall, which I know Steve's excited about. This is getting closer to cold weather again there oh, in England. Oh, no. I said he just got warm. We are not doing the movie from Netflix called Extraction. We are doing the 2015 movie called Extraction that Bruce Willis appears in. So the first Extraction, the original Extraction, we will be covering in September. Remember... They're only movies, but movies are everything. Are we trying new taglines? <laughs> I liked it. Oh, it was good. And that will do it for our sixth episode. Please feel free to reach out to us on the socials, which can be found in the show notes. And tell us what you thought about this film, how you feel about Bruce as an actor, or even to let us know what you think about our show. We'd also greatly appreciate it if you'd give this show a like, leave us a review, and follow the show on the last of the Action Heroes Podcast Network, where you can find other amazing podcasts dedicated to such iconic action stars as Stallone, Lundgren, Van Damme, Schwarzenegger, and Seagal. The link to the network can also be found in our show notes. So won't you please join us again next month as Steve and I will be reviewing Bruce's role in 2015's action thriller, Extraction, to see if he dropped a deuce or if he dropped a Bruce. Until then. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. This has been a man with an exceptional beard production.